the scripture of the day is John 16, verses 12 through 15. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the spirit of the truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth, for he will not speak on his own, but he will speak whatever he hears, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me because he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. For this reason I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. So the math doesn't add up. On, on Trinity Sunday, we're reminded probably more than ever uh, that the church is really bad at counting. Because uh, only in the church can one plus one plus one still equal one. And so when we talk about things like the Trinity, uh, we're trying to embrace uh, a mystery that uh, probably confuses us more than uh, inspires us. Uh, I had a wedding recently where I was going over the script with the bride, and uh, one of the prayers uh, ended with, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Uh, and she said, I'm not sure I understand the Trinity. And I was like, I think you're in pretty good company. Uh, not many of us really have a firm grasp. We have ways that we've come to kind of talk about it, um, I think, over the centuries. Uh, we have ways that the church has defined it and has kind of given us some ways uh, to talk about it. But uh, the more we talk about it, um, the more confusing it gets. And so uh, this is the Sunday where preachers all over the world, um, as we talk about and uh, embrace the idea of the Trinity, of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and we do our best to explain it, um, we, we probably sort of weave in and out of the lines of uh, maybe some historical her church heresies unintentionally uh, because we're trying to kind of stay between the lines uh, of a God who has done everything that God can to get outside the lines. And so what we're doing when we talk about Trinity Sunday is celebrating the fullness of a God who created us, who saved us, redeemed us, empowered us, and came to be with us. And so we're trying to explain the ways that we've observed God, the ways that we've experienced God's love and God's life with us. And that comes with a mystery that doesn't really have a lot of good explanation. And so the heart of that mystery for me is to come down uh, to embrace the fact that God has done everything that God can possibly do to be with us. And that is something worth celebrating. And that is worth something falling in love with. And so over the last couple weeks, we've been preaching through our sermon series, Leveling Up. And so we've talked about this uh, short season of the church between uh, Christ's resurrection and Pentecost. Uh, the season where uh, Jesus begins appearing to the disciples, where on Ascension Sunday, Jesus ascended back up to heaven and commissioned and empowered his disciples with the mission to spread the church throughout the world. 
Uh, to Pentecost Sunday last week where we celebrated the the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the coming of the Holy Spirit that uh, allowed the church to launch into a a, a new period of spreading God's grace and God's gospel to today, to Trinity Sunday. And unlike the other Sundays of the last couple weeks that remembered a particular day or a particular act or a moment that God showed up, today is a culmination, it's a leveling up of the story that's not just a single moment, but the fullness of the story of God with us. The idea that God came to us in such a way that we know God as the creator, that we know God as our savior, that we know God as the empowering, stirring, moving, convicting, teaching, advocating, comforting spirit that lives with us and within us and allows us to be the church that God needs to carry hope and grace and life into this world. And so as we think about Trinity Sunday, uh, we come to remember the total story of a God who shows up for us. And so in our scripture this morning, uh, we come to the the last kind of chapters of Jesus' teaching and his instruction to the disciples uh, before his arrest his torture, his crucifixion, and his death. Uh, So there's about five chapters in the Gospel of John to where Jesus kind of gives his last teachings, his last sermons, his last prayers to the disciples, his his last thoughts of, of what they'll need to know and what they'll have to carry with them in order to make it through the days ahead. And so in some way, I think Jesus is thinking about the the hardship of Uh, Maybe even just the next 48 hours for the disciple. Uh, The violence, the worry, the anxiety, the anger, the the doubt, the fear that will begin to creep into their lives. And so he's comforting them. He's giving them words of instruction of things that they'll need to know and things that they'll need to remember. But I think in a larger sense, Jesus is looking past his crucifixion and his death. And I, I believe he's even looking past his resurrection. I think Jesus is looking into the days that the disciples uh, can't even fathom just yet. They can't even wrap their head around what's going to come at the day of ascension. They wouldn't have been ready to hear that at that point. Even on the day of ascension that we read a couple Sundays ago, uh, the disciples are like, man, Jesus, is, is this the day that you're ready to redeem the nation of Israel? that you're going to restore it to its rightful place. Is this the day, Jesus, that you're about to do something great? And Jesus says, well, it's the day that you're about to do something great. See, the disciples haven't been able to wrap their head around what's not only coming uh, in the months to follow, but in the years that have now become centuries and millennia that find ourselves to where we are today. And I think these, these five chapters in this farewell discourse that Jesus is having with his disciples, I think are words that Jesus is giving to his disciples, uh, but I believe that Jesus is speaking these words to us, to each and every one of us. 
I think these are words that Jesus is seeing past the resurrection. I think Jesus is seeing past ascension. I think Jesus is seeing past Pentecost. And I think Jesus is seeing the days and the millennia and the worries and the hurts and the obstacles that are still to come. In one of the first lines that that Penny read from our scripture today, uh, it says that uh, you won't even be able to bear all the teachings that I still have to give. You wouldn't even know what to do with them. And I think almost in some way, I wonder if that's because some of those teachings were for us. Because each new generation, we come up with brand new ways uh, to hurt and to harm and brand new ways that that we have to sin and to, to damage relationships that the generations before us probably couldn't even fathom. And years from now, man, we're going we're gonna to create new depths of depravity and new sins that today that, that, that we can't even wrap our heads around. And Jesus says, even in the darkness of the creativity of the way that we try to tear this world apart, of the doubt and the fear that we have today, that we not, might not even be able to wrap our heads around the fears that are to come, even in those moments, I will be with you. And you will have with you a spirit a spirit that will continue to teach you, a spirit that will continue to remind you, that will advocate for you, that will comfort you, because you are going to need something in the days to come that you've never experienced before, and so you will have my life like you've never known it before. Wrapped and baptized so completely around you that you can never escape the life and the love of God in this world. And so as we remember the fullness of a God that still moves in our world today, we, we almost think of the Trinity maybe sometimes as a timeline in uh, the phases or the eras in which God has revealed God's self to us. Uh, maybe in the Hebrew scriptures, we see God as the Father, as the Creator, And then when Jesus came, we say, okay, there was a marked time in history where now uh, Emmanuel is with us. God is with us. God has wrapped flesh around God's self and has come down to be with us. And we now have the life of God in Jesus walking around with us, teaching us and healing us and lifting us up and and, and casting us out of the temple and, and yelling at us, but encouraging us and lifting us back up and living for us and dying for us and then uh, being raised and living again for us. And then again on this timeline, Jesus says, now you are to wait because a day is coming when the Spirit of God will come upon you and empower you and remind you of all that I have taught you and the very life of God will be within you and with you. So we now have the age of the Holy Spirit. And I believe that that's the age that we're living in today, but I think it would be a mistake to not think that Jesus is still redeeming us. That Jesus is still saving us. I think it would be a mistake for us to move past to think that God is still not creating for us. That God is not still shaping us and breathing life into us and having an idea because the fullness of these different expressions of how God has come to us is the fullness of a story that God will do whatever God can to be with you. God will pick you out of the dust and the dirt of life and breathe his spirit into you. God will show up to you in every circumstance that you cannot possibly imagine. 
And God will be closer than we ever realize in this life. In just these four short verses that we read today, seven different times Jesus talks about speaking or declaring or saying. And I think when we live in a world where it becomes increasingly more difficult to hear God, when there's so much more distractions and there's so many more headlines and there's so many more doubts and, and voices and words that, that try to pull us to the left or the right of whether fear or anxiety or anger or, or justification or, or finding ourselves, kind of pitting ourselves across from, from one another, it's important to realize that God still speaks. That God's voice is still ringing true. We keep asking for God to say something, for God to break into this world. And I believe that God is up there saying, I've never stopped. I am closer than you ever realized before. So to celebrate Trinity Sunday... It's true to remember that we always have had a tradition from the very first scriptures in Genesis to the very last period in Revelation of looking for God in a very specific way and God always showing up in the way that we least expected. The teachers of the day, they, they didn't know what to do with a God who would come down and wrap himself up in flesh and be born in a manger. Those coming to Jerusalem on Pentecost uh, were coming to give thanks to God for all of God's provision, but they couldn't wrap their head around the very Spirit of God coming down like a rushing wind, being able to speak in every language of the world to declare hope and life. The nations of the world couldn't, uh, couldn't uh, understand how uh, this uh, agricultural God of Israel all of a sudden was able to conquer all of the powers of the world that came and threatened the borders of the nation that God promised would be his people. God has always come in the way that was least expected, but God has always come in the way that was needed the most. And so whether you need new creation in your life, whether you need new opportunities, uh, you need something to be rebuilt and to re be remade, there is a God who creates for you. If you need something restored, if you need something forgiven, if you need something that leads you to realize that there is something bigger and greater in this world and a God who loves you and will come down to be with you, will die for you and will be resurrected to show you that death has no more promise over you but only the life of God, then you have a God who will save you. A God who wants to be with you. And if you feel powerless... You feel beat down. You feel swept away. You feel caught up in all the distractions and all the frustrations of life. And you feel like there's no more way for you. You have a God who breathes life and power into you. Who has given us a purpose to go forth and to build something extraordinary that there is nothing that we could have ever done without the love and the help of God. 
God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit gave to us the mission to build this church and to carry it through the world and to be a voice of hope, to be a voice of grace, of mercy, of compassion. And every time that we have built that church in our image, it has crumbled and it has hurt and it has destroyed. But when we have lived that church in God's image of one who creates, one who saves, and one who empowers, it has transformed communities and lives. So there's no secret to understanding the Trinity. There's no formula, and I think maybe that's part of the frustration that, that we have today is we, uh, we want to understand. We want, we want the math to sort of work for us. We want to understand how we have these three faces that we've come to know of God and, and how these three ways that God has come to us uh, is somehow tied together into one life. But we're trying to chase a mystery that is so much greater than ourselves. This is so much greater than we can fully wrap our head around, and yet we've experienced every part of that manifestation of God in our lives. A God who creates, a God who staves, and a God who empowers. May each and every one of us not only feel those ministries of God, those expressions of God in our lives, but find ways to where we can make those real in the world around us. That we can reflect a trinity of ways that we can pour out, pour out grace and mercy and life into our families and our communities. And we can see just how the world needs to feel. A love that is beyond anything that anything else in this life can offer. So the math will never add up. But the math tells a story of a love that has all that we need. Amen and amen. Will you pray with me this morning? Almighty and gracious God, we still have so many things that we desire to hear from you. But God, you are the one who has never stopped talking to us. God, allow us to not only hear your promises of life, of creation, of salvation, but Lord, to begin to live them. To see that you still create new opportunities. To see that you still forgive and rebuild relationships. To see that you still give us power and purpose beyond anything that we have ever seen in this life. And as many are the ways that you've shown up for us, allow us to be just as creative and just as expressive and just as many in the ways that we show up for this world. Fill us for the very life of the gods, Lord, that, that, that we don't fully understand in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, but all expressions of one God who loves us beyond anything that we can ever imagine and calls us to be a part of the work of saving this world. As we pray all these things in Jesus' name, amen and amen.